You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St. John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. We're going to invite a special guest up with us now, uh, Josh Bartlett. Why don't we give him a round of applause as he comes to stage? Josh is with us a lot. And, um, uh, last year or the year before? Yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and was sort of a bit of a regular here, but originally from Queensland. That's right. Don't and hold it against me, please. No, it's, it's great. Uh, jealousy at this time of year, anyway. Um, so, uh, Josh, welcome back to Melbourne. Thank you. Uh, you work for Wycliffe Bible Translators and uh, some fans. I, Wycliffe, yeah, Wycliffe has <laughs> um, a lot of fans. Uh, so, was it Bible fans or translation fans or Wycliffe oh. fans? Or all of the above. So, uh, tell us a little bit about what Wycliffe does, why it's important, why you're involved. Right. Um, so, so, Wycliffe's vision is to see people of every language group living as disciples of Jesus through the power of God's Word in their heart language. Um, can you imagine what it would be like, as a Christian in Australia, um, you know, English-speaking Christian, if there were no English Bibles? Um, maybe some related language, maybe French had a Bible. So if you wanted to know what the Bible had to say to you, you'd either have to trust what someone else told you, or if you really wanted to know for yourself, you'd have to learn French, study it, get the French Bible, you know, pour over a verse, and even then you wouldn't be 100% sure. Because it's not like, it's not a, some bits are pretty complicated in English, right. let alone learning the complicated bits in another right. language. Right, and, and the thing is that with reading the Bible, we're not just after learning knowledge, what we want is people who are living as disciples, so it's about a relationship with God. Um, and if you had to go through that work every time you read a verse, um, can you imagine how distant God might feel? Yeah. Uh, so, very important work. Now, um, you're coming back to Melbourne in October. I am. Because um, Wycliffe does Bible translation, I guess just general Bible engagement. Right. So, you tell us a little bit about what's happening in October. Right. So, in October, I'm going to be back down here. I'm going to be running a one-day uh, training around biblical storytelling. Hmm. So, this is equipping people, Australians, to... Uh, be able to tell narrative sections of the Bible in everyday language. Um, uh, I think that there are lots of reasons why it's a great thing. Um, it's lots of fun to tell Bible stories. Um, but it also means that you can be prepared to um, share part of, uh, part of your faith in a non-threatening way, because everyone loves a story. Um, but I've found it also, people who do this sort of training, um, it also uh, increases their own longing to read more of this uh, and to learn more of this and to tell more of this. So I'd say it's a, a great thing for yourself as well as for your ability to share God's good news with other people. Excellent. And so uh, a full day, quite yep. interactive, I imagine, yep. practicing it together um, and learning, learning the basics of, of right. this method that you've got going right, on. Right, yes. Yep. Josh is supported by donations of people uh, in his work, uh, as uh, all, everyone in Wycliffe is. Um, so if you'd like to talk to him about how you can help out uh, financially or in supporting in other ways, please take advantage of having a chat with him tonight. Uh, there, he has more people in his family now that he's not single, so um, plenty uh, of need there. Josh? Or if you'd like to sign up for a prayer newsletter or anything like Absolutely. that, come and chat with us afterwards. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here worshipping with you this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you again this morning. Uh, this morning, as I uh, bring the sermon, as we talk about that Bible passage that you've just heard, I'm going to give you two options. Uh, you can choose to listen to this sermon on easy mode or hard mode. 
Uh, here are the options. If you choose to listen to the sermon on easy mode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, go through that passage that we've just heard, that story, and I'm going to highlight three things in that story um, that we can learn about God. And so if you choose to take this sermon on easy mode, uh, then hopefully you'll hear those three things and remember them. Um, but for some of you here today, you've probably been to church for many years, and this is a very familiar story. Um, and I firmly believe that every passage in the Bible has so many more than three things that you can learn about God. And God speaks to every person who wants to listen through His Word. So if you choose to take the sermon today on hard mode, the challenge for you is to find ten things in this passage that you learn about God that are relevant to you on top of the three that I highlight. So there are your two choices. I'll leave it to you to choose which, um, which option you take this morning. And this passage that we've just read, this story happened about seven weeks after Jesus died and came back to life. And over the first roughly six weeks of that time, over the first 40 days of that time, Jesus appeared to his followers many times and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. On one occasion, he said to them, don't leave Jerusalem, but stay here until you receive the gift that my father gives you. You remember how I've told you about it? You see, John the Baptist baptized people in water, but soon you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus' followers gathered around and they said, well, Jesus, are you talking about the time when God is going to restore the kingdom of Israel to her former glory? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the dates and times that my father chooses, but you will receive power when God sends you his spirit. And you will be my witnesses here in the city of Jerusalem and in the whole nation of Judea and neighboring Samaria and to the very ends of the world. And after Jesus said that, he was taken up into heaven before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from sight. And all this happened 40 days after Jesus died and came back to life. And about a week later, 10 days later, is when the events of the passage that we just read happened. Ten days later, this uh, Pentecost, this festival where God poured out His Holy Spirit. So I'm going to invite you to come with me on an imagination adventure. As we go through this passage, we're going to imagine that we are a part of this story. But, here's the thing. We're not going to imagine that we're main characters in this story. I want you to imagine that you are a Jew living at the time, and you and your family live in Egypt. Now, you might be thinking, hold on a second, Josh, the passage said Jerusalem. Why would there be a Jew living in Egypt? Well, thousands of years earlier, Israel was the home to a great Jewish kingdom. The kingdom of Israel, the Jewish kingdom, ruled by the great King David. Uh, and the Israelite nation, the Jewish nation, prospered. And under David's son, Solomon, uh, the nation prospered even more, if that's even possible. This was the golden age of Israel. But things went downhill from there. Uh, as the Israelite people disobeyed God and turned away from Him over the years, God allowed people, enemies, to come and attack them. God even allowed enemies to come and take the Jewish people and scatter them throughout the known world. So that there were now Jews living in Egypt, now Jews living along the north coast of of Africa and Libya, throughout the Arabian Peninsula, uh, throughout the Middle East in places like modern-day Syria and Iraq and Iran, even as far away as Rome. And a few generations le later, um, 
Some Jews had been allowed to return to Israel and start to rebuild, but it wasn't the same, because this was Israel under the Babylonian Empire, or later under the Roman Empire. So you're a Jew, uh, your ancestors were living in Egypt at this time, and they thought, you know, we could go back to Israel, but what's the point? It's not the same. It's not the great, glorious, golden age of Israel anymore. Let's just stay here in Egypt. And so they settled in in Egypt. Um, They started to learn the language and, and the culture of Egypt. And so when you were raised as a kid, in fact, a local Egyptian language was your first language. Um, And you and your family, you relate well to the Egyptian people, but you do still have a sense of Jewish identity. Um, You know that you're different from the people around you, and you remember the stories of the great King David and how years ago God promised him that one day one of his descendants would be king once again, this Messiah, and he'd be king forever. And you look forward to that day when this Messiah will come and bring God's kingdom to earth. You don't know when it'll be. It might not be in your lifetime. And you don't really know what God bringing the kingdom of, of heaven to earth will look like. But maybe it'll be a bit like the great kingdom, golden age of the kingdom of Israel. And because of your sense of Jewish identity as a family, um, every so often you travel to Jerusalem to attend one of the festivals there. So you and your family have traveled to Jerusalem to attend this Pentecost festival this year. And you're staying in the house you've rented as a family for the festival settling into the house, and suddenly there's a huge noise outside. It sounds like a great big cyclone. So you rush to the window and look out, and there's no cyclone to be seen. So you go out onto the street, and lots of other people are coming out to the street as well, wondering where this noise is coming from. You follow the crowd down to the source of the noise. What you see is a bit confusing. There are a bunch of people there. They're obviously Jews, but they're not Jerusalem Jews. They're They're country bumpkins. They're from Galilee. And they're saying things. You can't quite make it out, but they seem to be preaching. They're telling you the amazing things that God has done. But here's the really weird thing. You're sure one of them is speaking in your language, the Egyptian language that you learned as a kid. One of them speaking something that can only be Latin of the the city of Rome and And one of them, you don't know what language it is, it's a bit weird, maybe it's an Arabian language, they're all speaking different languages. Uh, To give you a modern day example, imagine if you, uh, in a couple of years' time, you go to the Olympic Games 2020 in Tokyo, uh, and then some random Japanese people on the street start speaking about God in, in English, in French, in German, in some South American languages, in Australian, Aboriginal, Creole, um, it'd be a bit weird. Um... So you're there, hearing this, and I imagine that with people speaking in so many languages, it could have been a bit uh, chaotic. Uh, So just for a moment, I'd like us to get a bit of a sense of the chaos that it might have felt like. Um, So in a moment when I say go, I'd like you to all start babbling on whatever you feel like, but uh, if you know a language other than English, even if you just know a few words of it, I want you to say the words that you know in that language. Uh, If you only know English, say whatever comes into your head. Uh, And now, adults, just close your ears for a second. Um, Kids, adults are sometimes a bit scared to be noisy, so I'm going to need your help to be noisy, okay? Okay, adults, you can open your ears again. Is everyone ready? All right, go. All right, all right, that's probably enough. 
Um, how many of you heard some? How many of you heard some foreign languages being spoken? A few going around. Um, it probably would have felt a little bit chaotic. I wonder how you would have reacted as a Jew listening to that. Uh, I wonder what you would have thought. Well, I said I was going to highlight three things from this story about God. So. Here's the first thing I'd like to highlight this morning. God's message is for everyone. Uh, can you all say with me, God's message is for everyone? God's message is for everyone. Um, see, Jesus' followers, they were just ordinary people. They were fishermen, uh, tax collectors, even, even the odd um, you know, zealot who was fighting against the Roman Empire. But they weren't linguists. Um, God had supernaturally given them the ability to speak the languages of all the people who had come to Jerusalem for this festival. Because God's message wasn't just for the 12 special followers that Jesus chose, these 12 apostles. It wasn't just for the larger crowd of followers who'd seen Jesus in the flesh. God's message is for everyone. And so God supernaturally enabled his followers to share that message with everyone. God's message is for everyone. But let's get back to our imagination adventure. Uh, you're here listening to uh, the, this crowd of people speaking different languages. I wonder how you would have reacted. Well, the passage tells us two ways that the people at the time reacted. Uh, in verse uh, 11, we read that some of the people were, the people were utterly... Sorry, verse 7, the people were utterly amazed and asked... Aren't these guys from Galilee? Uh, and again, in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they said, what does this mean? But secondly, in verse 13, some of them made fun of them and said, <laughs> they've just been on the booze. Um, so, one of the followers of Jesus, Peter, gets up and he gives a speech. Uh, and as you're listening to the reading, um, some of you might have thought, gee, this is a bit of a long speech. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap to you the main points of Peter's speech. And once again, I want you to imagine you're listening to this from the perspective of a Jew who was there listening to Peter saying these things to you. Uh, as I say the recap of Peter's speech, um, think about how does it make you feel? What does it make you think? And I'm actually going to give you a few minutes after I finish the recap, uh, if you're comfortable doing so, to share with the person next to you what were some of those things that you felt uh, and thought through the speech. So Peter got up and this is what he said. He said, everyone listen to me. These people aren't drunk, as some of you are saying. No, it's way too early for that. No. Hundreds of years ago, God said through his prophet Joel, he said, one day, I'm going to pour out my spirit on my people, men and women, young and old, and they're going to see visions and dream dreams and prophesy. And you'll see great wonders in the sky and on the earth. And all of this will be before the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Peter went on. Jesus proved to us he was someone special by the amazing miracles he did. But he was handed over to you with God's complete foreknowledge, and you, with the help of evil men, put him to death. But God raised him to life again, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. You remember the great King David, our ancestor? You know, he was a great king, but in the end he died. But God promised him that one day his descendant, the Messiah, would be king forever. 
And God showed King David that this Messiah would be raised from the dead so that he could be king forever. And you know what? We are witnesses of the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead by God. So you can be sure of this. This Jesus, who you put to death, God has made him the Lord and the Messiah. That's my recap of Peter's speech. So, uh, I'm going to give you a minute or two, uh, if you're comfortable doing so, to share with the person next to you what were some of the things that you felt and thought as you were listening to Peter's speech. And if there are kids sitting near you, please make sure you include them in the discussion. Let's do that now. Um, we might... Um, we might get some feedback from one or two people of, of what were some of the things that you thought or felt. Is anyone, anyone comfortable sharing? Shout it out in a loud voice and I'll repeat it through the microphone for everyone. How did you feel listening to that speech if you were there for the first time? Excited. Excited about these amazing things that are happening. Yeah, anyone else? How did you feel? Right, so in, in awe of the miracles that they could perform with the Holy Spirit's power. Yeah. Anyone else? How do you think you would have felt hearing that speech for the first time? Confused. A bit confused. Yeah, which bit of it did you, would you have found confusing? Yeah, coming from Egypt Right. So if you were from a, a Jew from scattered you know, around, around the country and you'd come in for this festival, you might have felt a bit confused that... Peter here was accusing you of putting Jesus to death. Yeah, I'm sure there were some people who were confused. Well, uh, I said that there were three things I wanted to highlight about God from this passage. Who remembers the first one? God's message is for everyone. Yes, I heard some murmurs there. The second thing I'd like you to, um, uh, to highlight from this story is that nothing takes God by surprise. Can you say after me, nothing takes God by surprise? Um, throughout Peter's speech, we saw several times examples of God planning in advance. Uh, in fact, right from the start of the speech, Peter said, hundreds of years ago, God said that this day would come when his spirit was poured out. Uh, and we saw that Peter, Peter said that even Jesus being handed over to die was with God's complete foreknowledge and that God had planned for this. Um, and you know, today, nothing takes God by surprise. Um, God's message today is for everyone. Um, and nothing takes God by surprise. It doesn't take God by surprise that you're here today. Uh, it doesn't take God by surprise when something bad happens in your family or work. It doesn't take God by surprise when you do or say something that you immediately think, I wish I hadn't done that, I wish I hadn't said that. Um, but the encouragement here is that if... Jesus dying, God's promised king being put to death didn't take God by surprise. And if God could do something good from that situation, then in our own lives we can trust that God can bring good things even when things take us by surprise. And I'm pretty sure that for Jesus' followers, they were completely taken by surprise when Jesus was killed. They weren't expecting their Messiah king to be put to death. But nothing takes God by surprise. I think for some of the people listening to Peter's speech, they would have felt a bit confronted, a bit confused. Peter seems to be accusing them of killing Jesus. And we read in the passage that that's how a lot of the crowd responded. In fact, they were cut to the heart 
by hearing that not only had God's promised king come, but they were a part of the death of this, of this promised king, of Jesus. And we hear that they were cut to the heart and asked, what should we do? This is verse 37. In verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. And this promise isn't just for you, but it's for your children and for everyone who's far away, everyone who God will call to himself. And so the third thing that I'd like to highlight in this story is that God offers forgiveness. Can you say, God offers forgiveness? God offers forgiveness. Um, We know that God's message is for everyone. Um, It's not just for people who know Christian lingo, not just for people who uh, come to church every Sunday. It's not even for the people that we feel comfortable hanging out with. It's for everyone in the city, everyone in the world. Um, And here we hear that God's message is about forgiveness, that the times when we disobey God, He will offer us forgiveness. Uh, The times when we deliberately ignore God and don't do what He wants, or the times we deliberately break our relationship with God, God offers forgiveness. The times when the brokenness in the world creeps into our lives and even into our inner lives, God offers forgiveness. And Peter says, when the crowd asks, well, what should we do? Repent and be baptized. And repent just means to turn around, correct course. So Peter's saying, turn back to God, change the way you're living, and be baptized as a symbol of the fact that God has forgiven you. And this forgiveness is for us today as well. And I'd encourage you that if you would like to be forgiven by God and you've never actually taken the step of turning back to God, um, I would encourage you to talk to someone on the pastoral team here or talk to someone that you know is godly, that you trust, um, because as a community of God's people, we'd love to walk with you in this journey. So, quick recap. What was my first highlight? God's message is for Second highlight? And the third one, God offers forgiveness. Well, God's message is for everyone. Um, And there are lots of people in the world. And I have in my hands actually a very remarkable document. Uh, This document lists every language in the world that does not have any part of the Bible translated into the language. And in fact, not only doesn't have any part of the Bible in the language, but also um, doesn't have anyone working on it. Tim, could I get you to just grab the end of this and, and walk down the aisle as I unflip it? Thanks. Um, see, this is, represents about one and a half thousand languages, uh, but there are another 2,000 languages that don't have any part of the Bible in the language and do have people trying to work on it. Um, this lists them by country, uh, organized by country, and um, it represents an estimated one and a half million people in the world who, even if they wanted to hear God's message of forgiveness... Um, they couldn't read it in a language that speaks to their heart. Um, I'm going to be unconventional and, um, and say that if you're sitting near this list, I'm going to give you 30 seconds if you'd like to stand up and have a closer look to actually do that now. And you might like to even pick a language name on the list and choose to pray for it, because this represents a lot of people in the world that, even if they wanted to, cannot access God's message of forgiveness, even though God's message is for everyone. Um, 
I find this list confronting every time I look at it. Um, you might find this confronting. This is a lot of people who can't just open up the Bible and read about God's message of forgiveness for themselves. And um, I want to say that St. John's supports quite a number of link missionaries, especially through CMS and Wycliffe, and CMS and Wycliffe are both on about helping unreached people hear this message of forgiveness. Uh, Wycliffe's mission is to uh, see people of every language group living as disciples of Jesus through the power of God's word in a language that speaks to their heart. Uh, and so as a church, by supporting your link missionaries, praying for them and giving financially to them, you are partnering in this mission of reaching these people. Um, but it's still a big task. And so um, if God is challenging you and stirring you to want to do something about this big task, I'd encourage you not to just think, oh, my church is giving to that. There are people in my church praying for that. Um, but start asking questions and find out what more can I do to help. Uh, are there ways my skills can help? Are there ways I can find specific details of a people group to pray for? Uh, what can I do to be a part of God's mission to the world? Well, I'd like to close by praying, praying for all these people who don't have um, God's word and for all the things that we've heard this morning. Um, but just before I do, uh, I'd just like to make one observation. Um, in this passage, Jesus' followers were not anyone special. They were ordinary people. Um, but God gave them the courage and God gave them the things that they needed to share his message. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. And for each of us who are followers of Jesus, we are Jesus' witnesses, Jesus' representatives in everything we do in life. And so we need to be prepared to share God's message uh, in different ways. In October, I'm going to be running a day-long workshop here, a day-long training on biblical storytelling. And that's one way that you can prepare yourself to share God's word when opportunities come up. So I'd encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to come along in October to the training to uh, equip yourself with just one way that you can help share God's message because God's message is for everyone. Nothing takes God by surprise and this great message of forgiveness is a message that we have received and we should be prepared to pass it on. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your message of forgiveness. We thank you that because of what Jesus did, his death and his resurrection, we can be forgiven, we can be accepted as your children once again. We thank you, God, that nothing takes you by surprise, that even things that we think are huge obstacles that you are prepared for. And we thank you that your message is for everyone. So we pray that as we go out today, you'd help us to reflect on what you've said to us today. Pray that you'd help us to be prepared to share your message with those who come across our path. You'd help us to accept your forgiveness. And I pray especially for all those people, those one and a half million people who don't have the Bible in their own language, as well as for the millions more people who uh, can't access the Bible because no one has brought it to them or because no one has told them that there is good news. Father, we can't imagine what it would be like not to have access to your word in our language. And so we pray that through the work of Wycliffe and CMS and other organizations, 
and through individuals in these communities that you would bring your good news to the people who need it the most. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.